This is Dance Talk Radio, brought to you by PhiladelphiaDance.org, your one-stop spot for everything dance in Philly. I am your host, Charles Tyson Jr., and today I am thrilled and delighted to sit down with our guest. Uh, I'm an actual fan of this person's work. They are a dynamic and prolific choreographer, performer, and I can't wait to talk to them. Tommy Waheed Evans is in the building. Good morning, sir. Good morning. <laughs> How are you today? I'm good. So great to be in your presence. Well, thank you. I, I, I actually, um, actually, Facebook reminded me of this status you posted a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. You said, hey, I think you was asking Siri to look for like some type of diva or something. And it recommended, <laughs> it recommended me. Or I remember that. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's cute. Let me let him know. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like um, call Grand Diva or something. And it listed, are you talking about these three people? And you're one of the three. I was like... No, but kind of yes, actually. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I'm into it. So um, just jumping into it, I am a legit fan of your work. That means a lot. And I have been for, well, how long has Waheed Works been a thing? <laughs> Waheed Works has been a thing for a minute. It's been like an off and on but when you really add the years, it's like right. 17 years, I think someone said. But I don't consider it, I just don't consider that that number. I consider why he works. <laughs> I defy that number. <laughs> I, yeah, because I mean, there's been like years I haven't done anything with the project, but my first project right. with why he works was around like 2006. Okay, yeah, that tracks. I think... Um... The first time I saw your work, it was uh, Brian Mangini did that event at the Performance Garage. It was Bad Boys of Ballet or Boys of Ballet or something like that. Oh, my And it God. was a mixed program. It was all uh, either all male choreographers or all. And I just remember being blown away by your choreography and being like, okay, well, I'm following this one because that was good. <laughs> <laughs> but see, but see, that was that was a moment of like I made I did not I made I did something, and then it floated away. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah, because you just looked at me like what? <laughs> but I remember that I, I used like seven dancers, and like we yes. were trying to like do this official thing. Mm-hmm. I'm still toiling with that, even though I just did the Joyce, like, it's official, it's not official. I like how you threw um, that out there. I, was, I just did the Joyce, you know. I did the Joyce, and we sold out. Yes. Toss like, the imaginary ponytail. Listen, <laughs> listen, toss it, live that up, that when the highs are high, honey, ride it high, because I never knew that that was a dream, or that was I was capable of having some type of product that can be can be received <clears throat> i did sorry you know <laughs> received in that type of manner but right. it means a lot to have people like you and yourself who have been watching i thought that i would right i mean well i was i was working the uh straight to the point show at the performance garage a couple weeks ago 
And uh, I saw your name in the program as a choreographer. And, and I said to Kareem, I was like, oh, is Tommy Wahey going to be here? And he was like, no, uh, his show at the Joyce is this weekend. <laughs> so, and I was like, okay. <laughs> as it should be, I'm not mad. <laughs> listen, listen, I love Ms. Sherelle. And the point, the point, honestly, was like my first gig. Mm choreographing on the kids at the point and child a lot of those kids are now grown with kids them, them their own mm -hmm. or, or living their life but Miss Sherelle was like my first outside Philadelphia region to start working on choreography then after that was of course Terry Fox and mm -hmm. Sean Lemire with Elion yes so I always 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 I'm just Going to be supportive and going to going to allow the kids to do whatever old piece I did many years ago. They worked it out the though. Them kids are good. Mm. Well, also, kids, yeah. you know, just seeing what I've seen of your work, um, besides the fact that it is so technically challenging and dynamic and of such high caliber. It looks like if you're in it, you are getting your life doing it because you get to be your best self. I'm, I'm not in my head because that is really a true desire. I do that even um, when I'm teaching at University Arts. I'm just like, I want you to be comfortable. I want you to be confident. I want it to be yours. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, as a dancer with Philodenko, I worked with a lot of choreographers and one choreographer that I always model myself off after as a choreographer in this regard is Christopher Huggins, mm, mm -hmm. where you never did anything in a Christopher Huggins work that just was not made for you. Even if okay. he was relearning a piece that another worked with you, he would tailor it and, but not only tailor it to like you will look good doing and know the things that maybe you never thought of yourself to be able to do. Mm. And like, here you are doing it. And I always wanted that to be a part of my choreography. I always want people to feel their hugest, most biggest, freest self. And I want you to like, have fun and get your life and it be some type of connection to something else other than just we're just dancing like right. I'm really letting my spirit sing. Yes. I'm really allowing my full self to be in this space. Um, and I think to, to go back to the, the point is like, I think with kids, that's easier. You know, you can make a work that's just made on them. There's no serious research. There's no serious matter. It's about, you know, the formations, the music, the costume. And you can really cultivate this experience that they can just really, as you know, Philadelphia kids do, just go out there and let have, and you know, let you know what's going on. Well, yes, and um, that brings me to a question. One of my biggest struggles when I teach young people um, is getting them to give that extraness of themselves in performance. Like my big thing is always, what are you saving it for? And, you know, a lot of it, especially with teenagers, is getting them over that fear of looking dumb, you know, and people are looking at me and how, so, and when, when they get there, it's a joy to see. And uh, the kids that I saw doing your piece, like, 
they had that level of commitment? Like, how do you how do you get that across to to younger dancers? Well, one thing I always say to younger dancers is, if you sit, if you feel crazy, if you feel stupid, if you feel, as you said, dumb, then most likely we we think that. And I think sometimes as dancers, as um, we as the audience, sorry, we as the audience think that, or we are as the audience is experiencing that feeling while watching you. Mm, and mm. I think as dancers, we don't consider that. We think that. I'm doing something and whatever I'm thinking of, you might not be feeling and seeing. But when you expose that mere fact to a young dancer or to a dancer professional too, it just changes their mindset. It's kind of like, well, I don't want you to feel that way. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be perceived that way. So then I'm now going to redirect that energy. Just from the simple of me just saying it. Like if you feel uncomfortable, then you look uncomfortable. Mm. So like, let's change that. Um, and then another thing I just do that I learned from the great Alonzo King is like, you just gotta do it. And I think sometimes with young people, it's just like this, but I'm saving, like you said, I'm saving it or I'm not sure. And I try in my process to confront those things like head on. Right. Like what are, what are you what are you uncomfortable about? What are you saving your energy for? Like I want to see it. I don't want you to wait to, like I say to the, the kids here in the college, like, let's not wait to the stage to right. show me my choreography. Like, show me now. That's too late. <laughs> like, it's way too late. And I want to see it in the manner. Like, I don't want to be surprised. That part. I say that, I say that a lot to 18 to 21-year-old dancers because, like, you're going to get on stage and all of a sudden start doing six pirouettes and living. No, honey. Like, I want to see that right now mm -hmm. here. And I want I want you to make that a practice so that then when you're on stage, you're not thinking about those things. Right. And when that other level of performative thing starts to happen, it's so elevated. It's so enriched. It's so deep in your body yes. that someone in the audience is now having a total different type of experience while watching you dance. Yes. You know, I learned, I, I, I definitely credit that a lot to my my 14 year stunt with Philodenko. Yes. You know, on a Wednesday night at 10 o'clock at night, you are running that ballet. <laughs> okay. We are running it. We are running this ballet and Miss Joe Myers Brown wanted to see it in the caliber that it was going to be done at the Kennedy Center. Yep. It, we, wasn't, we wasn't waiting. And she will let he you know. <laughs> and will let you know happily. The thing, when you get on stage, adrenaline is going to kick in. Like, just that's what happens. So if you practice at 100, then adrenaline's going to give you 106, 107. Yeah. If you practice yeah. at 50, then the best adrenaline's going to do is maybe like yeah. 85. Because <laughs> yeah. even, because even too, like you know, and I say this a lot of my studio practices, like you know, a lot of you know, we we can rehearse down mm -hmm. and get to the venue, and all types of problems start to arise, and it's also that that working that working and that work ethic that way is also so that you can quickly problem solve. Right. If I really know this ballet inside and out, the fact that we now don't have wings or we only have two panels right. or we, we only got this, we only got that, I can adjust. Right. But also, 
when adrenaline pulls pulls in, some people are, you know, I used to love being nervous. Mm. If I was if I was scared, you said that the Queen of England is in the audience. Some people don't do that well, but we can both meet at the line of the standard because we know what we're doing. Right. So maybe my adrenaline can make me do six pirouettes, but at the end of the day, your anxiety is working with you, but you can still do the choreography. Like you, you're still, you're still in your body to be able to produce. Yes. So I think working in that way works in those two different notions that like yes, one, one can become amazing, but another one can always just have a foundation to stand on. Yes. So you still get nervous? I get, I do. <laughs> I I do. Well, that's good. I, I get nervous. My mom always used to say when I used to sing choir, I used to sing in choirs when I was younger. Mm-hmm. She will always say when you're nervous, that means that you're humble and that you, you're not of yourself. Okay. Like you... You are you're something's bigger happening for you. So yeah, I That's pace. Real. I pace. I like a quiet dressing room. I learned that recently. Okay. Um, I have friends who would just come in and want to do a whole thing. What showtime? <laughs> <laughs> I like to sit alone. Mm. That's something I've been getting into lately. Like when I have works that are going up. I normally don't like to be on the road with a lot of people and, you know, the piece is happening. I have an Apple Watch and the last piece I did at the University of the Arts, my heart rate went up Mm. as they were dancing. And I felt like a gymnastics coach. Remember remember (laughs) that um, gymnastic coach in the 1996 Atlanta Atlanta, um, Gymnastics? I forgot his name. He's a famous gymnastic coach and he was on the side. He was like, go. Yes. Arr, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel a lot like that now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like I said, I work sometimes I work off of that in that adrenaline, like, we're gonna do it. It's like I think I could have been an athlete. I really I mean, I I was I was a dancer, obviously. But I could have been a competitive athlete because right. I think sometimes in like really tense situations i can kind of like rise through so i haven't really experienced that part of it as a choreographer as i used to as a dancer mm-hmm. but um yeah i still get nervous oh yes oh, yes well because you know i i believe that if you stop being nervous you lose the capacity to be great yes a mentor of mine recently just said if your dreams don't make you nervous then you're not dreaming big enough work well, I also, actually, what I actually say is the moment you stop being nervous is the moment you begin to suck. <laughs> That's what I actually say. <laughs> I, I cuted it up for you. <laughs> well, <laughs> now you I'm going to remember that. Yes. Well, because once you go, yeah, I got this. No, you, 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 I mean, okay, maybe you do, but that's because no. you dumbed it down for yourself. Okay, good job for you. Yeah. <laughs> and as a choreographer and a director, Ah, there's just so many elements now. I think as a dancer, it was just you. Mm-hmm. And if you did your part and other things started to fail, you didn't care. Right. You know, like when we would do shows and when I would do shows with Philodenko, right. sorry, my auntie gets on me about my podcast interviewing. Um, <laughs> she's like, you tell, you tell stories like we already know what you're talking about. So sorry. When I was in Philodenko as a, as a performer, 
I wouldn't care about other aspects outside of my dancing the way now that as the choreographer and as the director of a project, like my nerves get caught up in that. Like I need the light cue to be right. I need mm -hmm. the sounds to be right. right. I need the formations as a group to be right. And I need your solo or your duet at that moment to be right. There's so many things that I can't um, control all mm -hmm. the time. Yeah. So, but so that, that, that makes me nervous or that makes me antsy. Right, because when you're you're just sitting in the role of performer, you have that one job. Just one. do that one job, and you're good. One. But when you're in the director role, it's all in your purview, and it's all got to be right because it's all got your name on it. And look, <laughs> and it all comes back to you. But you know, a funny thing, Charles, which is really interesting, but it it comes back to you. You know, I'm gonna read some critics. I got a review, and a review mentioned how great a dancer and technically proficient the dancer was, uh -huh. but in that same right, didn't say anything about the choreography that that dancer was doing. Huh. But talked about the choreography that that dancer was doing. Right, and I was right, just right. like, so to kind of go into that thought of like, yeah, like it falls on you, but then there are these kind of loopholes that people sometimes like see over, but it's because of the choreography, right? No? Okay. Well, and then it also comes down to no matter how much control you have over the thing, once the lights go up, you have no more control. No more control. And it's, it's scary, you know? Unless you're like me and you're actually running lights and sound for the show that you choreograph, so yeah. then it's like okay. <laughs> see, see, see. If I could, if I, if that was my talent, I might fade to black sometimes on some folks. But sure. you know what? You're done. <laughs> this is done. We're gonna but do no. this over again. Remix. <laughs> uh, so, talk to, talk to me a little bit about your dance journey and how you got to this fabulous place because you've got Ooh. a storied little little path here. You're you're from the West Coast, right? I'm from Los Angeles, California, South Central to be correct, although Work. they don't call it South Central any longer. It's called South LA. Okay. I was getting ready to say, <laughs> is that like Harlem is North Manhattan? Is that what that mm -hmm. is? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's ex ex exactly. Uh -huh. um, I was raised in, I was born in the 80s, raised in the 90s. So that whole NWA, Ice Cube, Boys in the Hood, John Singleton movies was my childhood. Right. If you watch Boys in the Hood, that was the neighborhood I was raised in and Wow. Family lived in. And I actually started off in the church. Okay. Started off in the church. I was singing in a lot of church choirs. I was a director for a youth choir, you know, musical career. Um, my mom sent me to a performing arts high school called Hamilton High School in Los Angeles, West Los Angeles. And it was there I first saw and was like, I want to dance. Mm. And the way... The way I got into it was the fact that um, I wanted to do a musical theater major and I didn't want to take PE. So to do so... <laughs> I know that story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so to not be able to take PE, I could take a dance class in, re in, re in replace 
of it, sorry. Right. And then also to have this musical theater major, I had to take the dance class. So I was like, well, boom, I'll take dance to kind of like knock those two things off. And, you know, long story short, dance just like, it just took over. Mm. It, it just really took over. Um, I had a wonderful teacher, Andrea Calame, who just really started to like invest in me in the sense like I was reading Judah Jason's book, Dancing Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then I read the Lame was like, but you need to read Mr. Ailey's Revelations. And once I read Mr. Ailey's book, Revelations, it just like mm-hmm. opened me right on up. And then came the time to go see Ailey. And she said, you're not in an advanced class to be able to go see it, but I want you to come and see it with us. And, you know, the curtain went up on I've Been Buke and it was it was done. It was yes. a done. It was a done deal. Then came into my life, Karen McDonald, mm-hmm. who is now the dean of the Debbie Allen Dance School in Los Angeles. Come on, daughter. And <laughs> she just cracked everything open for me. Where she just walked in one day and was like, "You should go to Ailey." Oh. And I said, "Well, I missed the audition last week." And she said, "Well." You can call them and ask them what is the way you can still audition for. She said, most likely going to ask you to send in a picture and an application. And she said, you know, you're you're a male dancer. You're going to get in. And right. Like, oh, okay. And she raised, my mom raised, had a fish fry and got me to New York. Work. And here I was in New York and I hated it. Really? And I hated New York. Oh, 1999, 18 years old. Oh, my Lord. It was hot. It was humid. Oh, well. No AC, no money. We just struggling in these streets. Yeah, you hated New York. Yeah. (laughs) I've never been away from home alone like that. Under those conditions. Yeah, you did. (laughs) You know, like I came late and this program was already in motion. Right. But my life changed the day that all my friends went to audition for a scholarship for the fall semester and out of i think four of us only two of us got scholarships oh of the friends i went with and my mom told me she was like you have to stay she said you have to stay you have to try this out so i stayed in new york for the fall and that's when i really grew to hate it That is not what I was expecting to hear you say. <laughs> I hate it because then the snow came and the cold came. Ooh, and yeah. Also, like um, I always say this to some people and they hate it when I say, it, but when you go to the A-list school in the summer, it is so vibrant. It's so colorful. Everyone's from other places. And right. you know, you got people at other colleges who are just coming for the summer. So so much love, so much community. So much fun. And, you know, summer in New York is also like live. There's performances outdoors and so much fun in those regards. And then when you go back in the fall, it is serious. The fall teachers show up. So Mm. Milton Myers and Steve Brooks and Kazuko Harabayashi and all these like the serious New York teachers are in the building. Yes. And everyone's coming in to be in Fordham program. And it just, I just, the whole temperature of the school became kind of like yeah. 
this is the A-list school. And that was very intimidating. Yeah. Very intimidating. The scholarship, every semester you had to re-audition for a scholarship. And that's nerve-wracking and it's competitive. And we all wanted to be an A-Lee too. Mm. So long story short, that didn't work out for me the best way. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I ended up moving back home to join Lula Washington Dance Theater. Okay. Did that for a year and a half and then hightailed it back to New York and was like, I'm gonna make this work. I'm gonna make this work. Didn't work out the second time around the way I wanted it to work out. And I had to go home again for a little short stunt, but this was the year of 2002, the spring of 2002, where I was just like, I was telling my family at every family event we had, I was like, I am moving soon and I'm not returning. Mm. I'm moving. And inside of that, being with Luda Washington, I had saw Philodenko at an International Association of Blacks and Dance mm-hmm. conference. Which is how I and saw I, Lula Washington. Okay. Uh, okay. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Joe Myers Brown would be very happy about that. About that, <laughs> about that tidbit. Um, and inside of that, I saw Danko in California. The mentors, Matthew Russian and Yuri Sands, who were principal dancers with the Ailey Company, who won Thanksgiving kind of told me that how I would be really good at Philodenko. And I said, well, I'm interested in these other things. I'm going to see. So in my high telling to go back to New York, Danko was on my list. Mm-hmm. It was on my radar. But I really had the plan to try to be um, in Alvin Ailey's second company, which is now called Ailey 2. Right. Get to the audition, Charles. Denise Jefferson, may she rest in peace, the former director of the Ailey School, mm-hmm. said, this is a no-go for you. She said, oh. we've given you four scholarships, and each time you left early. Oh, well. She said, so this <sighs> is a no-go. The next day, Philodenko had an audition, and I hightailed it up on a Greyhound, came late. Ooh. And when I walked up the stairs to the auditions for Danko, JB was on the highest stair and she looked at me <laughs> and she said, um, she said, are you the one we've been waiting on? Cause they was holding the audition for me. Oh. And I said, everyone knows how Joe Myers Brown talks and how intimidating she can really be. And I can see her face. And her face and her demeanor. Are and you she's the like, one? Are you the one? And I looked her dead in her eyes and said, we well, guess I am. She said, well, get on in there. And the thing about me and Joe Myers Brown relationship is there are those moments where like I'm aloof to mm. her 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 thing. I'm just like, I'm here, I got a plan, and I'm about to do this. And that's happened a, a couple of times in my career there. Where so I got in and I moved to Philadelphia in 2002, was supposed to be here for two years. Mm-hmm. Maybe three, because we had a 45th anniversary or something, our 40th anniversary, and they made us sign an extra year contract. So I said, I'll be here for the third year. Tried to leave. <laughs> um, came back a couple of months later, did some years after that, left again or tried to leave again. And in that period, went to do um, Complexions Contemporary Ballet for a couple of months. Nice. Came back, then left again to go do... Radio City, then 14. In between that, started to choreograph. And I choreographed first on Philodenko's Danko and Danko series. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said earlier, Sherelle, Miss Sherelle from The Point Dance Studio, um, Mr. Donald from Second Companies, Danko 2, 
Shalomir Williams from Elyon and Terry Fox from Philadelphia Dance Projects just started to gravitate towards me and give me opportunities to do work outside of Danko and Danko. And that kind of started to billow out to do a thing. And then I got injured. Mm. I had arthritis in my hips and I had to retire and I went to grad school. And it was in that period, I always say 2014, 2016, where I think I technically got quote unquote serious about making work more because of the fact that number one, I have more time to do so. Right. I was always, when I was dancing at Danko, just doing it on my own time, getting off the bus from a tour, running to a tech rehearsal, or we have a week off, I'll go to Ohio and work with Bird Ballet. Hmm. And then have to go back to work and, you know, my works would go up somewhere else and I would never see or be a part of it in the sense of like the tech or the before before theater, you know, right. rehearsals. So um, once I retired, I started to like really think about those things and apply to more awards and fellowships. And I was awarded the Ballet X Choreographic Fellow. Yeah. And I really think that was another like huge turning point and i've just been non-stop ever since so here yeah. we are still in philadelphia i'm a full-time professor at the university of the arts mm. i'm still an artist in residence at philodenko and i've won a couple of awards and i've done a couple of pieces and we're just making work yeah and it's fabulous work um, you touched on it a little bit before, but like, what is your process, your creative process? And is it the same overall or is it different for each project? I'm going to borrow something that Cal Abraham has said and say that, you know, with each process, you know, I do something different. Mm. I include some type of generating method that maybe I've never done before that I've been wanting to, wanting to do. But um, I do think I do have a standard process. My process goes as thus. Mm -hmm. I first began with teaching one to three group phrases. Mm -hmm. We might just stop at two. And then from those two, I like to then manipulate those phrases whether that be amalgamating, whether that be switching the legs and the feet, whether that be turning the phrase, whether that be one half of the body is doing phrase mm. A, the other half of the body is doing phrase B. Mm. Um, for those who don't know what amalgamating is, it's to take one step from one and one step from the other and keep alternating. The goal is to create more language from the two phrases that can become unrecognizable. Mm -hmm. So at the end of day one, if we've all created these different versions of these two phrases, then maybe we have like 10 phrases now. Right. To kind of be in what I like to call a movement Bible. And in that movement Bible, I can just like use the phrase literally, like give me the first three steps of that phrase you created, Charles, and then go into that group phrase. Mm -hmm. Or moving forward since grad school and since me having my surgeries and also becoming kind of limited in the dance in the dance space for a particular time in my in my, my choreographic career, mm -hmm. I've taken on a new thing of um 
having the dancers create a new phrase from the phrases. So after we, after mm. I taught you the two phrases and we manipulate a phrase, then I bring in like research, words, images, um, movies, whatever. And I can say, okay, Charles, I want you to make a solo that's reflecting this word or a, a, a free talk. As the, the artist, you write down the things that's sticking out to you. Right. And I say, okay, now look at your notes and make up a phrase or make up a duet with your notes. And you, we will talk about what you're thinking about. Boom, 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 boom. Something I've done recently though, which is really fun, especially with younger dancers is I'll teach them the phrases. They'll manipulate the phrases and have all this movement to pull from. And then I will say, okay, I want you to make a jaw dropping solo. Okay, no pressure. <laughs> you know, jaw dropping. So now I would say like the the aspect, you know, fears, your best qualities, it feels good, is this, is that, is this. And you'll be amazed the things these kids or these young, I shouldn't call them kids, these young artists will produce. Mm -hmm. So then all of that becomes a part of your movement Bible. Then another 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 stage of it is then as a group, we begin to have what we call open practices mm. where I say, okay, like this is the thing, yada, 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 yada. You can utilize anything in the movement Bible. You can adapt to it. You can detach from it. You can basically just do whatever you want to do with it in this time frame. And people start to like basically use that material and improvisational tools just to kind of reframe and regenerate. Meanwhile, I'm recording it. Nice. Boom. So that's so that so then we have that. Then another thing I do is I like to take the words and lift them off the pages, which is like I can say, I want to use the word crunch. Mm. Like, how can crunch become a formation? How can crunch become a traveling? A traveling motif how can crunch become a task mm. and we talk about it and we build the rules we do it so then comes time to start to put all things together and then meanwhile as i'm putting all things together i now have intuitive nature pushing through so maybe on day two you did a solo that i know i want that to be at the beginning i know like charles made this solo that's our opening. And there's something in what Charles is doing makes me think about that formation we made with Crunch. So, okay, how can we get from Charles? Melissa over there is like in a really interesting interesting space. And so maybe then we spiral around Melissa that builds into like Melissa's phrase. And then maybe then we start to then move some of the other concepts. And then I'm like, oh, well, let's stop. I also have this video for these two minutes let's go to the video and figure out how we can now connect to that and you just start to shape and shift and then ask yourself the questions of your research like what is the what is the main concept or what is the thesis question quote unquote that i'm trying to answer and get that to then you know provoke and tell you and guide you in what it needs to be um another thing i like to do i like to have I like to have anchors. Mm. So with my music, I know at the five minute moment it's going to be this canon. And I know at the 10 minute moment it's going to be this solo. But how do we get there? And how do we shape that? And how do we pull that apart? And how then, you know, we begin to tend to it. 
Then you like to think about things dramaturgically, like you know, like does it make sense? Is Come this on, dramaturgically? Needed? You know, like <laughs> is this needed? Um, maybe this needs to be in silence. Maybe right. we need to take everyone away. It's a it's a complete like thing. The twists and the turns and the finished product is always different, right? Because mm -hmm. you're in a different place in your life. You're in a different group. Sometimes, like, I th I find that, I was going to actually say something shady. I find that sometimes when you're working with dancers, you really, really don't know. And especially not in the aesthetic that you're used to working in. Uh -huh. I find that sometimes I don't make this, the, the smartest decisions because I'm not trusting them. They're not trusting me. I'm not trusting it. Okay. But versus like the dancers I just worked with for my my with my company for the Joyce, you know, like if Charles of you was one of the dancers, I could be like, all right, Charles, like that solo you was doing, that solo now's gonna be like three counts of eight, and it needs to move over here. And mm. I'm also looking for I might tailor it, I might not, but I might also say like that's not working. Let me get inside of it. Well, versus when you're working with dancers who don't really know you and your process, I think sometimes I can try to make all the decisions and try to embody movement in weird ways that doesn't really work for me. So I try to um, remember my process, slow mm -hmm. down and go maybe a little slower, but that's normally like, that's all my process. That's what I do for all the things. I, that really spoke to me. Like we think similarly in a lot of ways. And I'm sitting here like, I want to do a choreography workshop with you. <laughs> like, I love like, I love choreography. I do too. I, I, was, I told my, my choreography class yesterday, like no one really taught me. Like, I never did the undergrad thing of like, make a solo on, with the prop or right. that step-by-step. Step. I, I think just through dance and dancing, I just, I mean, I want, I want to see um Twada Tharps the uh, the ago, right? Hello, <laughs> like she say for the open mm -hmm. company, and their director said, you don't have to, you don't have to um collaborate to meet in a common place. Cause that's why I was thinking at first. I'm a contemporary dancer. They're my, they're a ballet dancer. So I'm gonna do my step. They're gonna do their step, and then we're gonna find like a meeting ground. Right. He was like, "No, you take them where you want them to go. You 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 utilize their instrument in the way you want to utilize their instrument, their language." And it brought me back to Twyla Tharp. She said, "I'm gonna have women on point, but I want them to do point work in this way, and right. that is the collaboration." And like, you know, some of my classes and I was like, you know, I, I think that's just something I never thought of in choreography. I thought that it was always this kind of like meeting in the middle. But isn't it fascinating how with choreography, like we really can do a lot. Yeah, we really can do a lot. So I'm really I'm, I'm very, very fascinated with choreography. And what I love about your your movement choices, like you can do a lot with a lot. You can do a lot with a little um, like the. One of my, the moments that always sticks out to me when I think of your work, and this is going back to that um, uh, Ballet Boys show years ago. Uh, I believe it was Tony. He was doing this like fierce solo. And then at one moment, he just like reached his arms up overhead and looked up and then like got this, this like 
struggle and pain look and pull down. It was the simplest <laughs> thing, but I'm sitting there like, ooh. And yeah, it, that, yeah. that little moment, you wring so much out of that. I love it. I love that yeah. stuff. And you do that. Like, you have your moments of, you know, twirl, twirl, leg, kick up, jump down, roll up. And it's beautiful and flowing and dynamic. But then you also have these small moments. The gaze, the reach. The yes. Look. Yeah, because that's um, Deborah Chase Hicks. We speak your name. I think I learned a lot from her. She was a former rehearsal director for Philodenko and just a black dance icon who danced with Ailey and Philodenko. And mm -hmm. she will always enforce to us like the moments of being human. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes, we want to look up somebody's body on stage and, you know, be inspired to maybe go hold our spouse hand or to go to the gym or, you know, all the things that dance can do. And yes, we also want to amaze the audience in this way. It's like we're doing something that you will never be able to do, quote unquote. Right. But it's also about building community. And, mm -hmm. you know, the look that you give a lover, the caress of a hand that a mother gives to her child and, mm -hmm. you know, the reach, the cry for help, all those things. Like you also want to have those moments inside your work and I think that's very very important and I try to um I aim I don't try I aim to make sure that those are always those are always there yeah. and I welcome it I welcome it in your dancing but I see you know the other thing about ability because I have sometimes dancers who tell me I can never do your work or you would never like me I really like a lot of dancers I like a lot of different you know, facilities and um, body types. and You do, yeah. I think I really get that from my background with Denko. I really do. Like, JB has this thing where, you know, it's always about, like, the magic of someone. Mm -hmm. And the magic of someone, you just be amazed at the capabilities a person really has when you really, like, tune into them. Right. And I'm really, I'm really fascinated with that. I really am. Yeah. Um, another aspect of your work that always is amazing is your, your relationship to music. The music that you use for your work is always like, I've pulled out Shazam many a time. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about your relationship to the music that you use in your works. Music is my first love. My brother is a DJ mm -hmm. and I have, and he's nine years older than me. So I have these deep memories of being in his hoopties. <laughs> for those who don't know, hoopties is an old car. Um, and he'll be taking me to school and he'll be playing the whispers and he'll be playing um, woman to woman and he'll be playing Betty Wright. And he'll be playing all these like, rich soul artists and artists that was not even in his era then um he's also really into hip-hop music so mm -hmm. and he was about the history so like i said nwa and run dmc and the beastie boys mm -hmm. was always coming through and then meanwhile like my father may he rest in peace love like bob marley uh -huh. and my mom loved shirley caesar 
Then I got into choirs and in all my choirs, I worked with directors and musicians who were highly musically educated. Mm -hmm. So we, we'll be singing, you know, Precious Lord, but like a tag of um, Anita Baker's Been So Long mm -hmm. will be playing. And so I think I just, I learned about music in such deep, different ways and just kind of seeing it on TV and hearing Michael Jackson, like I learned at a very young age, the chords that Michael Jackson was playing with are the melody, not the chords. The melody like Michael Jackson was playing with are like how music and theory and all, and just really weird, not weird, in really complex, interesting ways, mm -hmm. not weird, complex and interesting. Like I just had these, I always, I told a friend one time about the thing that's lacking in today's R&B music is that a lot of them don't come from the church. And he, my friend was like, well, what does that mean? I said, because, you know, in the nineties, when you was in the church choir, you learned about music and right. theory and how to sing and the background. And you learned about so many different um, aspects. So I think those things just really was laid on me and I, I just hear music in, in, in interesting ways and I, I think about layering and I think about the journey yeah. in um, different ways um, I have to say that April 2023 please come out and, and see it whoever's listening <laughs> and, and I, I'm, I have to start with the music first like yeah. what like what is the world sonically because that that informs me on like the lighting and the feeling and the texture and the aesthetic and it's very 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 important and then being around choreographers like Roni Koresh uh -huh. you know cannot go to Roni Koresh and that music's not going to be thumping through that through that I thing. know that's right <laughs> and one thing he taught me was like you collect it so now I just I collect music I shazam mm -hmm. I put it in playlists I just play it mm -hmm. I do this new thing now in my classes where I used to like you know pre-choreograph a phrase to a song and play that one minute over and over again no no I have five songs and we just keep playing it we keep you know figuring the thing out and seeing mm -hmm. how we're how we're adjusting and I play music loud in my own house I play music loud on my phone I create when I'm starting a piece I create the the playlist and I want to hear how it journeys through. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to hear like, um, and then I also like to use, I think something I've been doing lately, Charles, is like, I like to use music that like, it's nostalgic for me. Mm -hmm. Like it reminds me of something that gives me a sense of home. I used um, for this piece we did at the Joyce, Woley Holy by Aretha Franklin. And somebody was like, what made you use that song? I just remember being at my mama's Chevrolet and just really <laughs> hearing that entire album. So why not dance to it? That's right. a part of my history. And why not, like, why when we say we think of choreography, we think of Bach all of a sudden, or we think of that that dark abstract doom, doom, doom beat. No, like we can dance to Holy Holy. Oh yeah. And we can we can do the same piece and you can see the same thing and feel, feel something. So I think, Music is important to me. Oh yeah. Music is something that I, I try to be open about and I really work 
to make sure it makes sense in the concept. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that mm-hmm. I can just kind of like, I'll put a costume to go, like, yeah. no, really, like, let's go back. Um, and I just think that my history with music help has helped me cultivate a sound experience that really works for my work. I agree. Like, um, another one of your works that's come to my head, uh, I worked it at the Painted Bride Botch. Um, I remember the music that you use, and it was like, these things typically wouldn't go together, but here they are. Here they are. (laughs) Like you use uh, Stevie Nicks, you used uh, some abstract stuff, you used selections off of uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Which is one of my favorite albums, even though we're not supposed to be supporting Kanye no more. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I listened to that album top to bottom because of that show. Because <laughs> I hadn't really heard it like that before, you know? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. that show made me want to hear it. And I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I love your relationship to music. I'm the same way. Like 9.5 times out of 10, a piece movement is dictated by the, move, by the music. Either... Uh, directly by the melody and harmonies and whatever of the song or the emotion that it brings up or combinations thereof you know yeah even even some even certain music like you said um i can want to get into the beat into the groove of it Mm -hmm. i can want to have that melody shown through the body or i can purposely want to go against it Uh uh-huh I can purpose want to go against it. Or I just want, or like I said, with the Woly Holy situation where I just want to lay it alongside. You can, we can slip into the melody she's saying, or we can, we can work against it. Mm-hmm. Or we can just, we can just be both coexisting. It's all there for you. It's all there for you. And I like dancers who can, who can recognize that and play with that. Yes. Yes. So you mentioned that you've got uh, a work coming up with Danko. Um, what else? What what else is I said it like that, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you say something, you like, why did you do that? Um <laughs> on Sunday I leave to go premiere work with the Dayton Contemporary Dance Company. And I'm really excited about this piece. Mm. I think this is gonna be a shape shifter okay. up on my on my C V. Um, okay, we're using Kendrick Lamar, and we're using which album? We're using a song from his new album in '95. We're using All My Life from Good Kid, Mm -hmm. we're using Blood from Damn Album. Mm -hmm. Um, come on, Kendrick Sweet. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really, I'm really like, I just, I, I wanted to do it and. They were like, go for it. And I'm like, okay. Did not know Kyle Abraham was going to do his Kendrick thing with oh, Ailing. Wow. But he just uses one song, but it's fine. But it's just great that, not great, but like, you know, James Blake is being used by Forsyth and Cal. And I, I saw DTH last week and um, William Forsyth used the same song that Kyle Abraham used by James Blake for his from his city ballet mm-hmm. commission. And it's really this taught me that we can all exist in these ideas. Like we don't all yeah. we don't have to like ownership. So 
really, really excited about this piece with DCDC. Goes up next week. I leave on Sunday for it. Um, and then after that, I do Philodenko. Mm-hmm. Philodenko's piece premieres in April. Still working out those details. I have a working title somewhere between heaven and earth. Mm. Um, and then after that, my company has a nice little situation that's happening in July. I haven't signed the contract yet, but okay, that's why it's still a situation. Got you. Okay. It's a nice, it's, it's, it's a cute situation, y'all. It's a cute. <laughs> it's happening in July, okay. and it happens at a very fa- famous dance venue, uh-huh. and it's it's a one day situation. I really think that um. It's gonna be it's gonna be amazing, and then um, I do some small teaching things here and there, some programs, and just waiting to see what's next. Okay, sounds lovely to me. All right, one more question. I just thought of it. So you've done a lot with a lot of people. What is? I don't want to say bucket list, but what is like? a dream that you have artistically like i want to do this with these people in this place yeah new york city ballet okay and alvin and alvin avi american dance theater okay those are some and i'm gonna say hubba i'm gonna say hubba street dance chicago too i see those for you like easily actually people keep saying that so i'm gonna say you know from your lips to god's ears i receive um those are some bucket lists. And then now for my company bucket list is to really, I mean, you did the, you, when you do the Joyce, you kind of like, okay, like, <laughs> you know, how can we get to Sandler's Wells next? Um, okay. <laughs> like, how can that happen? And, you know, I want to continue to make, make work with my company. So I think a new bucket list is to get some funding well, that's always on the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's not as much, you know, some, some, some good big funding to really make some, some good big work. I think I've been blessed to make work in the platforms and the organizations that I have, and been able to like, like the work we did at the Joyce is something I made for grad school. Mm. You know, but what if I would made that same work with a big grant? That yeah, I yeah. could have gotten a f- the full thing composed and the costumes. And I'm very grateful that people have supported me and I've been able to be in these spaces to still make a work that's capable of selling out the joists. Yeah. But you know how what what does it mean to be be fully supported and to dream bigger with those commissions and not just make something to get by, but to make something that you really want to be placed in history. Okay. So those are my two bucket lists. I love it. And yeah, I definitely can see your work is stellar. Thank you, Charles. And you are humble, but you know your worth. And that's always going to be invaluable. I appreciate that. And also appreciate your glasses too. Oh, well, thank you. i've been looking at them like i should have had on some glasses but no i really appreciate that and i appreciate i I appreciate philadelphia i think i moved here to just do a little stunt with philadelphia with philadelphia and 
I'll never forget, like around my seventh season with Philadelphia, I was at 12th Street Gym. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, I do. 12th Street Gym. And Sean Lemire Williams, the artistic artistic director of Elyon Dance Theater, was talking to me. And you know, Charles, I was on some 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 um audition binge, and I was trying to go somewhere. And he stopped me and he said, Why do you need to leave? And I was like, because, like, you know, I was only supposed to come here for three years. And I'm trying to go. He was like, you're making a name for yourself. Right. He said, people know who you are, not only as a dancer. He said, but now you're making a name for yourself as a choreographer. And it was in that moment, he said, and I quote, he was like, Philadelphia is a huge dance city. It's true. He was like, look around. He said, we have our own foundations. We have our own presenters. We have, we have, we have, we have. And I really stopped. And I was like, okay. All right. It didn't hit quite so fast, but fast forward to um when I had to retire from Philadelphia, I walked into the Kimmel Center and the Usher stopped me and was like, I sure enough miss seeing you on stage. Hey. And I was like, first of all, you know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. And then now, like with my choreography, people went up in droves just to see what we were doing up in New York. Mm-hmm. I was looking out in the audience and seeing, I saw Philadelphia and just this, the type of support that this city has provided for me mm-hmm. is like something I never dreamed or planned for. And it's amazing. So I really do appreciate the love. Your, your mindset of like, I want to go here and do this. I want to go here and do that. But that is the thing about Philadelphia. If you set your roots in, and let them spread out, you'll get brought where you need to be. Yes. I, 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 last thing I want to say is I think if I would have gotten into the Alvin 80 American Dance Theater at the times that I was auditioning, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be in this position right. post-dance. Mm-hmm. I'll be something else. But the fact that I can walk into the Ailey building and someone like Robert Battle knows who I am. Uh-huh. Is like, I know I accomplished that just through setting my roots here in Philadelphia. Well, I always say, you know, the universe puts you exactly where you need to be at every given moment. Because if you weren't meant to be there, you'd be somewhere else. Like, that's just how that is. Like, plain and simple, you know. (laughs) So if we wanted to learn more about uh, Tommy Waheed and Waheed Works, where would we go? Instagram at why he works, Instagram at Tommy Waheed, also website www.tommy-waheed.com, Facebook why he works. Don't follow me on Facebook with Tommy Waheed because I don't really be on there with that. But um, smart. <laughs> and then um, yeah, and just Google and, and you know connect to some of the companies I'm choreographing on DCDC, Philadelphia. And so on, so on, so on. Fabulous. And we're going to put uh, all of those things in the notes to this episode. Tommy Waheed Evans, thank you so much for sharing of yourself today. This has been delightful. I hope you had a good time. I did. I did. I did. Thank you so much for this. Thank you. Take care. You too. Bye. 
This has been Dance Talk Radio, brought to you by PhiladelphiaDance.org, your one-stop spot for everything dance in Philly. If you are a dancer in Philly, or if you love a dancer in Philly, you should consider visiting PhiladelphiaDance.org and clicking on the Become a Member button, and taking advantage of all the wonderful benefits that come from being a dancer in Philly. Once again, I am your host, Charles Tyson Jr. You have a fabulous day.